0: with me over to psalms chapter number 34 psalms chapter number 34 and uh, what a joy it is to read god's word and uh, to learn from god's word tonight i want to preach to you on the subject matter of learning from our mistakes how many of you ever make a mistake how many of you know what a mess up looks like amen How many of you have lived with some misfortune in your life? And, uh, oh, I tell you what, many of us have failures in our life. They're there, and we make them whether we readily admit it or whether we try to cover them up. Uh, We blow it at times. What you do with that is important. I think that one of the saddest things is for somebody to Mess up and not learn anything from it. Uh, To mess up and to continually mess up and to go on their life that way. God wants you and I to to learn from our mistakes. I've found that failure is not final with God. Uh, I can tell you this, if you and I try to cover and hide it, uh, the Bible says, we're going to look at that, the Bible says we'll not prosper, uh, God won't forgive us, and uh, there's some things that we can do. If there was ever a man that had plenty of failures in his life, King David was a man that had many failures. I know, for the most part, we think about his success, we think about how God blessed and God used him. But if you study the life of David, you'll discover a man that had some some tragedies in his life. You'll study some man, a man that had some trials. And some troubles in his life. Uh, Some of them were his own making. It's one thing for you and I to have trouble in our life that we had nothing to do with. And a lot of times we want to look at those. But the fact of the matter is a lot of us have troubles and trials in our life that we brought upon our own self. They are a result of decisions that we've made. And uh, we ought to learn from those things. And uh, so I want us to look at a few things tonight. I'll give you some backup after we read this, but let's read in Psalms chapter number 34 and verse number 1. I want to read down through the first 10 verses or so, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 34, verse number 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. That's the most interesting phrase. I'll bless the Lord at all times. I wish that you and I would purpose in our heart that we'll bless the Lord at all times. We'll bless him when we're up. We'll bless him when we're down. We'll bless him when we're, when we're happy. We'll bless him when we're sad. We'll bless him when we're healthy. We'll bless him when we're sick. We'll bless him when, when we're prospering. We'll bless him when we're in poverty. We'll bless him no matter what. David comes along and says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto Him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man uh, cried. Uh, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. Father, I thank you for the faithfulness of your spirit. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that uh, these have gathered here tonight. Father, I pray tonight would be a night of refreshing, a night of renewal. Father, I pray may we leave tonight with purpose and plan. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would help us that we would live according to your will for our lives. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would help us that we would learn from our mistakes. Help us not just to go on and repeat them. Help us not to try and cover them up. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would learn Help us to learn what you have for us. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Let me give you a little bit of backstory here to Psalms 34. What brought David to this point where he would write such a psalm and where did he write it? You know the context in which you and I say things or how we arrive at the different places that we are, uh, where we are, where we are in our thought life, where we are, a lot of times has to do with the circumstances or the surroundings of our life. David here was not on a mountaintop. Isn't it easy to praise God when everything's going good? Isn't it easy to praise God when we're healthy, when everybody we know is doing okay, when we have money in the bank, when the car is running well? It seems easy to praise the Lord then, but what about when the wheels fall off of your and I's life? What about when it seems like there's trouble on every hand? What about when things are going awry? Can you say, listen, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now, let me give you a little bit here. David had uh, made some mistakes in his life. May I remind you, David here had killed Goliath. And what a great triumph that was for a young man. I'm convinced that a lot of times triumphs lead to troubles in our life. So it did with David. David went from that triumph to a trouble. What do you mean, preacher? Well, do you remember the ladies that came out? And said, oh, uh, David, had, Saul has killed thousands and David 10,000. And they ascribed more to David than to Saul. And Saul, being the mature leader, said, that's great. And that's, No, he did He got jealous of him and he started seeking his own life. And so we see the triumph that David experienced brought some trouble in his life. And David got on the run. Well, if you'll understand where this is let's turn briefly back over to 1 Samuel chapter number 21. 1 Samuel chapter number 21. David, we know, of course, uh, eventually had to go on the run and went on the run for his life. Now let me ask you a question or let me say this statement to you. If you ever find where uh, you've got to run or that things change in your life and that you're concerned, let me encourage you to stay in the center of God's will even in that time. Proverbs chapter 3 verse number 5 and 6 is still in the Bible. Hey listen, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't trust in what you know. Uh, because listen, uh, you and I knowledge is not enough to get us through what we need. And so let me look with you and give you some things. We see here that Saul had eyed David and David had ran. And we know here in verse 1 Samuel chapter 21, let's Read down through here just a little bit. The Bible says, Then David, uh, then came David to Nob to Ahimelech the priest, and Ahimelech uh, was afraid at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone and no man with thee? And David said unto Ahimelech the priest, The king hath commanded me a business and hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business where, uh, whereabout I send thee and what I have commanded thee. And I have appointed my servant to such and such a place. Now, therefore, what is under thine hand, give me five loaves of bread in mine hand and what there is present. We see here that David came and he lied. He said, well, there's no other way. He came to the man of God, the priest of God, and he lied. He was not on an errand for Saul. What was he doing? He was running for his life from Saul. And can I tell you what? What seemed like an innocent lie cost 85 men their lives. I don't know if your mess up has ever cost anybody else their life. But David here made a mistake. David blew it. David messed up. David lied. He sinned. And it cost this man and his family their lives. Why? Because there was a a man there that was uh, Doeg you'll find was there and he was a servant of Saul and uh, he was there when David came in and he saw how Ahimelech had dealt with David if you read down through there and uh, he later went and told this business to to King Saul and uh, in fact he was the very man that fell upon Ahimelech and his his, uh, children and killed them. Why? Because uh, Saul said, "Well, you were supporting King David, or you were supporting David, he wasn't king. You were supporting David and helping him, and so you're not on my side." And we see here that it cost him this life. David had their blood on his life, on his hand. I don't know what besides the mess up you had, but I consider that a pretty big mess up. We know as a result of this, we know that from this place, David departed, look with me if you would, in chapter 22 in verse number 1. The Bible says, David therefore departed thence. We know here, let me just give you this. This is where David, you remember where David got Goliath's uh, sword? This is the place where he did that. This priest had this and he got that. He got the show showbread from the Lord and continued on his journey. Where did he go? It, you know, Here's what I find sometimes when we're, we're making our own way. You ever gone from bad to worse? You ever think, well, I can't get any worse than where I am only to discover you were wrong? <laughs> you ever got a little stuck and worked harder and got more stuck? <laughs> hey, man, I remember years ago, I'll tell the story of myself. Uh, my wife and I were going down this sandy road in Georgia we were way back from no I mean there was nobody back there where we were I was a real estate agent at the time and I had to go see this piece of real estate and we were going down this road and and uh, down there the road I mean just completely sand they just piled it up and on both sides of the road was a ditch and uh, I had a little pickup truck and uh, I hit the gas and spun the back end around a little bit and thought that was funny she grabbed the door and said don't do that and uh, so you know what i did i hit the gas again and we went the other way and back and forth we went and we was having a good time i was until the one tire slipped off into the ditch and i said "Uh uh-oh and i said well let me see if i can get myself out of this and before you know i had two tires in the ditch and we it was sitting on the axle i mean you know buried before i finally stopped and said i think i need to do something else Here's what I can tell you is that your situation can get worse. David went from this lie. Because here's what I can tell you is if you lie and cover it up, you got to tell another lie down the road. Come on now. I hope you young people listening to me this evening. You say, well, preacher, I just told one little white lie just to kind of covered it up. That's what David did here. He just told one lie, but that led to some more situations look with me if you would David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Dulem I'm sorry let's back up a little bit Um, where am I wanting to go verse number 10 verse number 10 of chapter 21 I'm sorry and David arose and fled that day for the fear of Saul and went to uh, Ashish the king of Gath where was Goliath from yeah Gath nothing like running from Saul right into your other enemies you remember a story? In fact, if we read down through here, David realized that he was in a bad predicament now. The king there of Gath said, Hey, let me, let me see David. Isn't this the same David that killed Goliath? Huh. You're talking about realizing that you done messed up and you're in a worse situation now. Notice this with me. The Bible says, And David laid up these words, verse 12, in his heart and was sore afraid of of, uh, Chias, the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands. David starts acting like a madman and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. Then said Ashas unto his servant, Lo, you see, the man is mad. Wherefore then have you brought him to me? Have I... Uh, have I need of, of mad men that ye have brought this fellow to play the mad man in my presence shall this fellow come into my house David went from having to be normal I mean you're talking about losing your dignity trying to I mean he had to act a crazy man some of us don't have that far to go amen <laughs> some of you say preacher I, I'm nearly there amen David's letting the spittle come down on his beard. I mean, he's acting the crazy man trying to get out of this situation. Look with me if you would, it worked. And David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all of his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. Psalms chapter 34 comes right here. David was hiding out in a cave. We can go on, and I can tell you this. If you look on in chapter number 22, you'll discover there in verse number 9, down through there, through verse number 16, you'll discover where Ahimelech the priest pays with his life because of David's lie. What a terrible thing that David's sin, David's lying, cost other people their lives. Let me ask you a question. What do you learn from your mistakes? Turn with me, if you would, over to Proverbs chapter number 28. Proverbs chapter number 28. Look with me, if you would. I want to read verse number 13. Proverbs chapter number 28. Look with me, if you would, in verse number 13. Proverbs 28, verse number 13. The Bible says, He, you ought to write your name right there. He that, what's the next word? Covereth his, what's the next word? Sin. Sin. He that covereth his sins might not prosper. What's the next word? Shall. Shall. Guaranteed. Huh. You're talking about making sure that you don't succeed? God says, if you're going to cover your sins, I'll guarantee it, I'll make sure you do not prosper. Look with me. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But, aren't you glad for the buts in the Bible? I told you it wasn't failure, wasn't final with God unless we refuse to admit the failure. Unless we refuse to confess the sin before God and forsake it. Look with me if you would. The Bible says this, but who so? What's the next word? Confessive. I think you ought to name your sins. Somebody was talking to me the other week, a new convert. I was having a great time discipling. They said, preacher, do I really need to name my sins? I took them right here to this verse. I took them over to 1 John 1.9. What does the Bible say? Confess. That's why I think you need to get alone and confess your sins. Praise the Lord for that. The Bible says what? Whoso confesseth and, what's the next word? Forsaketh. That's true repentance, isn't it? We don't go back to it. When we say, well, I'm going to confess my sin and turn right around and do it again, there's no help for you. The Bible doesn't say that, does it? But the Bible says, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them, shall have mercy. I'm glad for the second shell there. Guaranteed. God is faithful in his mercy. Praise the Lord for that. For those of us that are readily admit, I blow it, I mess up, I make mistakes. Some of them on a grandiose scale. Hmm. I mean, some of us have done some A number one big mess ups. You try to cover it up and hide it, hope nobody go finds out? Or do you confess it? Amen. I remember years ago, my wife and I weren't even married yet, and uh, she was borrowing my truck to go do something, and she just left. She'd come back in, and she said, um, Honey, I, I, just, I just hit a tree with your truck I thought well how bad can it be brother Bruce I went out there she started at the back tail light and stopped when it hit the driver's side mirror I said well what would you do she said well I kept trying to get off the tree and kept going back and forth trying to. Get off. <laughs> she said I didn't think I could hide it it's kind of obvious that it's there amen I just thought I'd let you know I dented your truck. It's hard to get mad at somebody that owns up to it. I said, well. She said, I'm so sorry. She said, I done messed up your truck. I said, well, it's just a piece of steel that can be fixed. Here's what I find with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you and I confess our sins, we'll own up to it. He'll forgive us. But the Bible says we're forsaken. Now look with me if you would. Turn over since we're in Proverbs. And we'll quickly get moving here in just a second. But turn with me. I want you to see the verses. Proverbs chapter number 3. Let's quickly. I know many of you are very familiar with this passage. But I, I, I think that we need to revisit this on a regular basis. Because our instinct, our natural man's instinct is to rely upon our own knowledge. To rely upon our own abilities. To rely upon ourselves. Can I tell you what? World philosophy and humanism is... Rely upon yourself. God comes along and says, rely on him. Look with me if you would. We'll just start in verse number one. My son, forget not my law. You know why we have a problem today in America? We have forgotten the law of God. The Bible says, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Amen. You need to not only know them, but what's the next thing? Keep them. Notice this verse number two. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. There is a prosperity that is promised from God and, and a life, if you would, that is promised from God as a result of this. There are the benefits of keeping the commandments of God. Look with me, if you would, verse number 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. What is mercy and truth that he's speaking about here? It's the word of God. Because look with me, if you would, he said, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thy heart. The commands of God. Amen. Look with me, if you would, verse number Verse number four, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Then look with me, verse number five, trust. Trust, trust what? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. I was praying about a situation today. You know, there's a lot of situations I look at, I know what needs to be done. I just stopped and said, maybe I don't. Let me get on my knees. God, what do you want? Hey, listen, I don't think I ought to trust my own understanding. I don't think, look with me, he said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In some of your ways, acknowledge him. No, the Bible says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Amen. There shouldn't be one area of your life that is off, off, uh, off, uh, guarded off that God's not in. Notice this, he says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. How many of you need God leading you? How many of you recognize you need God leading you? How do you get God to lead you? You've got to forsake your ways and your knowledge and say, God, I need your knowledge. God, I'm begging you. Look with me if you would. Verse number seven. Here's why we don't seek God. Be not wise in thine own eyes. You know why we don't seek God? Because we think we got it all figured out. I'm awful. I'm going to pull from my past experiences. I'm going to pull from the knowledge that I have. Can I tell you what? Just because it worked last time, it doesn't mean that that's going to work out this time. The knowledge that you had to get through the last experience may not be what God wants for this experience. Look with me. Wouldn't David be, wouldn't have David been a whole lot better off if he just said, God, what do you want? Instead of going on the run. God, where do you want me to be? If you turn to 1 Kings, we won't go there tonight. But if we were to look over in 1 Kings chapter number 17, you'll discover that Elijah didn't run until God said, hey, listen, this is where I want you to go. He said, I want you to go to the brook Cherith, When the brook dried up, God had another place for him to go. And he learned to depend upon God. Can I tell you what? If you'll learn to lean on God and trust God, God will not lead you astray. God may lead you into some tight places. I promise you that. I've been in some tight places with God. Amen. But I knew that I was there with God. Amen. It's glad somebody was talking to me the other day about this church. I said, you know what? I rest at peace. I know that God has me right here. I'm at peace about that. I tell you what, listen. Are are you in where your life, do you know that God has you there or have you gotten yourself there? Well, preacher, that looks. I I think I get a job benefit over here, a promotion over here. I'm going to go over here. Can I tell you what? You better stop. And make sure You better go ask God. God, what do you want? Here's how I pray. God, make it so clear that I can't miss it. Because I know I can mess up some things. Now look with me if you would. And we'll quickly go back to Psalms chapter 34. And let me just give you three things. And we'll go to the house tonight. Psalms chapter number 34. Look with me. Write these down if you would tonight. What David resolved. What David resolved. Number one, he resolved that God was worth praising. God is worth praising. You know what I found out? That you can praise yourself and praise is an effective antidote to the poison of doubt, depression, and despair. Praise is a great antidote to doubt, depression, and despair. Praise is good. Thank you, Brother William. It's quiet. And, listen, you, you, you ought to just praise. Well, preacher, I don't feel like praising. David didn't come along and said, I'll bless the Lord when I feel like it. What did he say? I will bless the Lord when? Oh. At all times. You're going to have to make up your mind, I'm going to praise God at all times. God's worthy of praise at all times. But I'm going to tell you what, a lot of times you don't feel like praising God. I'm going to tell you what, it'll help you out, it'll help me out, if we decide... I'm praising God at all times. I'm praising him when I'm up. I'm praising him when I'm down. I'm praising him when I'm sick. I'm praising him when I'm healthy. I'm praising him when I'm poor. I'm praising him when I'm rich. I'm praising him all times. It doesn't matter the circumstances or the situations in my life. I am going to praise God. David come along and resolve, I'm going to praise God. Look with me if you would. He was very emphatic about this. I will. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall, what's the next word? Continually, there should not be a break in our praise to God. The Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse number sixteen: "Rejoice evermore." That means continually rehash the joy of the Lord in your life. Rejoice is to reecho the joy that God's placed in your life. Let me ask you a question: You got saved? Did God put some joy in your life? You? Re- How many of you all ever? Stood in a cave or in something and echoed. Listen to the echo. When's the last time you did that? Amen. We ought to re-echo what God's put in there. Amen. Rejoice. Look with me if you would. Verse number number 2. You can tell your and I's maturity by what we make our boast in. He said, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. He didn't say, "My, my soul shall make her boast in what I've done. Well, look what I've done. Look at look what I've built. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've been able to amass. Look, look what no 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 no. <laughs> hey, whatever I do is not me. How many of you realize that every brain cell you got came from God? <laughs> not one thing that you own is yours. you got to read Psalms chapter 20 34. You discover God owns everything. Everything. Notice this. He says, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble, it does something for other people, by the way, that are right with God. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Does it not do you well? And does it not lift your spirit when you hear somebody else praising? A lot of us don't realize the damage that we do not only to ourselves but to others when we complain or criticize or critique. Come on now. I tell you what, it'll lift other people up when you and I start praising God. Then look with me if you would. Verse number three, oh magnify the Lord with me. Hey, now listen, I've got somebody else that's going to praise the Lord with me now. Why? Because of the humble. They, hear, they heard it. They became glad. Amen. I think you ought to be more than just one person praising the Lord. Amen. Amen. Christians ought to get happy and say, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord de- despite how I feel. If you just praise the Lord when you feel like it, you won't play, praise him very often. This life is intentionally hard. I'll tell you this, it's harder for the stupid. It is. Amen. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name. How? Together. Amen. You you ought not be the only one in your house praising the Lord. Amen. Get it together. Number, Number two, write this down if you would. What David remembered. What David remembered. This is why we don't need to change our American history. Amen. We're to remember some things. It's good for us. Look with me if you would. Verse number four. Down through verse number 6. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me. You see the past tense there that he's speaking in? Hey, listen. I found myself a long ways from where I was supposed to be. See, I went on the run from Saul. I don't see what David besought God about it. He besought Jonathan on it and went on the run. Well, you say, preacher? He had to. It was for his life. No, I think you and I ought to seek God. Amen. Don't make a move. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything unless you seek God. God, what do you want? God, where do you want me to go? God, you direct my steps. You lead my paths. Make it so clear that I cannot miss it. Why, I found God to open up doors so wide that I couldn't miss it and close doors so tight I couldn't get them open. That's how I like to walk in life. God, make it so clear. I don't think you ought to buy a car unless you ask God get God's uh, approval on it. I I don't think you ought to buy a house or change jobs or do anything unless God leads you. Proverbs chapter. It doesn't say, you know, in some of your ways, you do it. The big ones make it up to God. Here's what I'll find, and here's what I've found, and here's what I'll tell you. Most of us, have problems in our life because of a series of little decisions we made, not the big ones. It's all the decisions that we make that we do not ask God's counsel. That we do not get God's leading in. you make enough of those series of decisions just like David did, and you find yourself in a cave somewhere. Thank God that David turned this cave into a cathedral of praising God. David comes along and he says, listen, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Aren't you glad that God listens to his saints? Look what he discovered. He said, and not only did God hear me, and what's the next word? Delivered me. Who delivered me? Did I deliver myself? No, I got myself in this mess. How many of y'all ever know how to get yourself in a mess? Say, okay, God, I need rescued. (laughs) God, I need delivered. I was out here walking on my own and I done messed up. I need, I need. Amen. A friend of mine tried to get me to go parachuting with him. Anybody in here ever jumped out of a perfectly good airplane? Lived to tell about it? Nobody. Man, I knew I went to church with smart people. I told Dennis. I said, Dennis, why would I jump out of something and have to be rescued or die? That's just not smart to me. I said, listen, if that thing don't open up and rescue me, plop, there I land on the ground dead. I said, listen, I just don't think I'll test God that much. (laughs) Look with me, the Bible says, God delivered me from all my fears. Hey, can I tell you what? David remembered that prayer works. Prayer works. Friend, God is still alive today in 2015. Prayer still works. Amen. Look with me if you would. He says this, verse number five. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not, what's the next word? Ashamed. Ashamed. You ever been ashamed of the decisions you made and the mess you've made? I have. That's why we try to hide it and cover it up because we're ashamed. Can I tell you what? Listen, covering up is not the way to succeed. We've got to confess it and forsake it. Let's say that together. We must confess it and forsake it. Let's say it one more time. We must confess it and forsake it. That's what we need to do. Look with me if you would. Verse 6, This poor man, (laughs) this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and what's the next word? Saved him. Out of I like the Bible all listen I made a big mess of things he said he has saved him out of all his troubles aren't you glad for God to come along and get you out of all your troubles he doesn't come along and say right, I'll get you this out of this I had a preacher friend of mine the other day him and I were talking he said yeah I prayed the other day he said God if you'll get me out of this one I'll get myself out of the next 10 amen I said listen I I can't get myself out of one of them, let alone the other ten. God, I'm sorry. I done messed up. I got myself over here. I got myself in this situation. God, I please ask you to forgive me. God, let's get out of this situation. Will you heal this? Will you solve this problem? I done made a mess. Isn't it easy to say the wrong thing to somebody? You ever tried to Get yourself out of a situation, make it worse. Boy, I learned a lot of valuable lessons about marriage my first year, two, three years of marriage. I was good at saying something and then going deeper in and deeper in and deeper in. I've learned to keep my mouth shut now sometimes, amen. Thank God for God that saves us out of all of our trouble. And then lastly, what David realized Look with me quickly, verse number 7 down through verse number 9, what David realized. First, he realized God protects. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Aren't you glad you got, if you, my wife says she knows I got a garden angel that rides with me in the car. Aren't you glad you got an angel that protects you, keeps you safe? How many of us would have died times a hundred times of death if it wasn't for God keeping us alive, God protecting us, God making sure? Well, I tell you, I've seen other people do things. I was thinking, I don't remember. I wasn't here but a couple of years. years. Do you remember what year that was, Brother Wayne? All of us were riding a motorcycle up there. I nearly got killed. It was a couple of years ago. I was riding a motorcycle. Brother Roy said they thought it was going to be looking for another preacher. We was going down the road. We got on a curvy road. I was with all of them, and uh, I decided to open mine up a little bit, blow the cobwebs out of it. And I got going up the road. This lady was coming at me, and lost control of her car. She started taking my side of the road and her side of the road, and finally she decided all the road was hers. Coming straight into me, we missed by inches she launched backwards off behind me into a field I've looked at that and thought man a hundred times I should have died God's protected me God loves you and I oh if you realized how he's protected you and I we see David realize God protects him look with me if you would verse number 8 we see God's present he says oh taste and see there's a sense of God He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is, what's the next word? Good. You know, the the devil wants to come along and have you and I taste the world. Young people, listen to me. You don't need to try drugs to find out they'll mess your life up. You don't need to try a cigarette. You don't need to try alcohol. You don't need to try pornography. You don't need to try uh, sex outside of marriage. You don't need to try any of this to discover it will ruin your life. And oh, if you could taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen, if there's one thing that I want our young people around here to experience is God. I remember I was speaking to somebody the other day. I briefly told them how when I was a very, very young man, I got down on my knees with my brother and we prayed about a specific prayer request. I mean, we prayed very specifically. If you all remember the story, I was getting ready to go to whoop and if God didn't intervene. God intervened. God showed up. I remember that cemented in my life forever that God is a God that hears prayers and answers prayers. You know what? I saw and I tasted God that day. I've never forgotten it. I can tell you many of other requests that God has, I mean, no other answer for it in my life other than God answering prayers. Oh, would you taste and see that God is real? The world doesn't know about that. Oh, look with me if you would, he said. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. What are you trusting in? I got a good bank account. I got a safe retirement. I I work for a good company. I've got good health. Can I tell you what? All that can fail you in a flash. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Your health can go just like that. Your job can go just like that. Listen, nothing here is permanent. Then look with me lastly. We'll see God provides, verse number 9. Oh, fear the Lord, his, his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. How many of you could say, I'm not going to ask you tonight, how many of us could say, God has satisfied me. Boy, I tell you what, as a young man, I remember 26 years old, thinking it was all in money. I found out you get money and it does not satisfy the longing of the soul. There's no amount of toys and substance and possessions that will satisfy the longing of the soul. But oh, God will. He come along and he said, listen, I'm here to tell you tonight that there is no want to them that fear him. God is a God that provides. God is a God that is present. God is a God that protects. God is a God that's worth praising. God is a God that works through prayer. Let me ask you a question. What do you learn from your mistakes? You just say, well, I don't know. Let's see if I can get myself out of this one. Or would you come along and say, God, I done messed up. I blew it. I've depended on my own knowledge, my own understanding. God, I want to forsake that. God, I'm asking you, I'm willing to confess my failures. I'm willing to confess my faults. I'm willing to confess my sins and own up to them. God, I'll forsake them. Well, I tell you what, we have a God tonight that is real. God tonight that is present. God tonight that is powerful. God that protects and provides. Let me ask you a question. What do you do with your mess-ups, your mistakes? Heads about, our eyes are closed tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the simple thought. Father, as we see David learning, walking with you, Father, I'm glad that our failures are not final with you. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us gather up around this altar and just be honest with you tonight. Father, I'm glad that you forgive us. Glad that you don't hold it to us. Have your will in your way in our time of invitation. Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? How many would join me down here? Would you humble yourself before God tonight? nobody needs to know in fact most of us don't know I wonder how many would just be honest with God tonight some of us are living with the results and the repercussions of our mess ups would you own up to God I'd ask you to confess it to me would you be honest with God tonight Listen to me, young person. Would you forsake your ways? Would you say, God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to follow you. God, you lead me. I'll follow you. Oh, God loves you tonight. God spoken to your heart. Thank you for being here tonight, and I pray you'd take this and God, use it in your life. Maybe you'd encourage somebody else, and uh, boy, I tell you what, I appreciate our young people being with us tonight, and to pray for Miss Himes just a few weeks, and uh, she'll be having her child. We're looking forward to that. All right, Brother John Peake, if you would, lift your voice up, pray, and have us dismissed tonight.